This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. You know, I think we're all already tired of the idea of voting, but there is one place you can vote and be extremely happy about it. It's a tasty thing, and that is to go to the Zupan's website, which is zupans.com, right up top, USA Today Reader's Choice Awards. Uh, for best produce, you can vote for Zupan's, and, and that is a worthy vote, by the way, mm-hmm. and also best prepared food. Foods, which those of us who like those sorts of things would easily vote for. So get your vote out of the way now. Don't even worry about it for the rest of the year, for another 13 months. Vote for Zupans. There we go. And what we love about this is we're talking about not just best produce and best prepared foods in Portland or Oregon. This is in the entire United States. So a good chance for uh, Zupans to have a great showing nationally on the scene. Uh, people around the world will find out why we love Zupans so much. Another great reason for you to love Zupans is their great prepared meals. As you pointed out, they've got the barbecue ribs dinner, which is available this weekend for Labor Day weekend. Uh, barbecue ribs for four, including all your favorite sides. You can order that at your local Zupans or online at zupans.com. Yeah, think about that. Barbecue dinner for four, right? It's all taken care of. If you're like me, and if you go to another supermarket thinking you're going to plan a dinner like that, it's going to cost you way more. By the time you go in and you buy this and you buy that and buy this, you're looking at way more. So if you're focused and you know you want a specific meal, this this applies to both Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up before you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go in focused, you can do pretty well. Yeah, and Chris, speaking of which, you know, we aren't that far away from the holidays, which is crazy to think about. Private dining at Cellar Z at the Portland, at the West Burnside and Lake Oswego locations might be a great way for you to have a company holiday party. Yes, and uh, they do it really well. They have everything at their disposal to make it a great event for you and your company, your group, your family, whatever you like. Get in touch with them and reserve now for the holidays because they're not going to be available for those people who decide on December 7th, where should we do this? Right. Three locations to serve you. You've got McAdam, Lake Oswego, and West Burnside. And of course, we recommend people check out frequently what place? Oh, that's simple. Zoopans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm co-host, Court Johnson. How are you, Court? I'm doing well. Doing well. Getting ready to send a kid off to college for the first time, and wow. one kid's back in high school. It's uh, back to normal, I guess, or back to the new normal. Yeah, that's kind of a, those. That I remember. Well, I don't know. <laughs> One kid off to college is good. I can't speak for your children, but I was kind of glad to. Uh, well, my first one didn't go off to college. He went to college. The second one went off, and yeah. that didn't. Yeah, that went okay. But I'll tell you what. Let's go. Let's go with this. I remember when I went off to college, and that was pretty cool. Getting yeah. Long, far away from hometown. And live, starting one's own life. How That's involved, good. I think you and I had this discussion, maybe it was off, off mic. How involved were your parents during your college selection and orientation and going to school? They were not. Not. Invo- go ahead. I'm were sorry. they involved? 
Not one bit. Yeah. They didn't have, there was no discussion as to where I was going, uh, help with college applications, no pressure, uh, no nothing. I mean, I, I really could have used some help. I should have, but I didn't. And I ended up, uh, let me see, I ended up getting into two colleges. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very motivated. I mean, I was, I was pretty much, um, you know, specializing or looking at a major in partying when I was in high school. Yeah, sure. So uh, academics was not my thing, although somehow, listen to this, man, I was able to get through Darien High School in Connecticut with around a B average, like 3.0. They didn't, it was called the B average back then. Yeah. And um, without ever doing a night of homework. The whole, I mean, talk about that in relation to, I just saw someone posting that, uh, in Texas, there's a teacher who's not doing homework. The only homework that their kids are getting is that which is not completed in school. And she literally says, do the things that will be best for your children's growth. And that is spend time with them at dinner. Go out and throw a ball with them. Do oh, something with them. There we them. go. And I, and I wholeheartedly believe in that. You know, times are different now. But yeah. at any rate, I got no help from my parents. I had one visit I went to three different colleges, actually four, but three in Ohio, in upstate New York at Syracuse, and um, University of Arizona. I had one visit from my mother that whole time. Mm. No one helped me move in. No one helped me with anything. Yeah. Uh, they did help me pay, but I will make the point that you know, college back in those days was a uh, $4,000 a year deal. Sure. Um, max, that was out of state, and that included uh, housing wow. and food and everything. Wow. I paid for some of that, but they paid for most of the college stuff. But the tuition, University of Arizona, out of state, $985 a semester. Wow. In those days. Yeah, very similar for me in terms of just, like, my parents just weren't involved in the process. Even the high school itself, the counseling department, like, I I had no conversations with my counselors about what I was going to do after high school. And now it's, like, a whole different thing where there's a process, there's a big rigmarole, you're, you're you're getting a lot of help in terms of enrollment and and applications and all that. And then beyond that, you've got just these parents that I feel are like maybe too involved in their kids kids' life. <laughs> Bulldozers. That's yeah, the, the yeah. new term that I've that's probably not a new term, but I just heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact they were talking about bulldozer parents at the University of Oregon for my daughter. They're like, You can't be one. Like you've got to let your kid make their own choices and fail and wake themselves up in the morning and and learn how to get by in life isn't yeah. that what it's all about yeah so, there's so many parents that don't get that that mm-hmm. it's just a competitive keep up with the joneses thing i guess yep yep so anyway so that's what well, that's what i'm going through right now is just me navigating this college stuff and then also being amongst parents that i think are just a little too involved well, so also, does she know what she w- really wants to do at this stage? Uh, you know, she's going into, I believe she's doing uh, forensics, and then I believe poli-sci, but, you know, both my wife and I, Randy, have told her, I said, look, you're going to go to school, and you may graduate with a degree and not end up doing anything related to it, um, which was the case for my wife. I, I didn't, I made it about two-thirds of the way through university and then dropped out, so... Um, oh, you can tell. It's obvious. Yeah, you, no, you it's painfully it obvious. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you what. If Unless you're going into some technical field, this is just my belief, and I could be wrong. I'm not, you know, I don't know much. 
But I don't. But nowadays, with the cost of college for fifty thousand dollars a year, or maybe a little less with some grants and scholarships, it's just almost. I can see where some think it doesn't pay. It's not worth it. Yeah, you're not going to get the benefit. Now you will, like my son, majored in um, computer science, and that has served him well. And he needed a degree to do that. But uh, if you're doing something like I did. Listen, look at this, Court. I majored in communications, radio, television. Look what we're doing. I am actually using it. You're finally. Years later. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, because I I did a similar thing. I was doing uh, marketing communications, and I remember talking to my communications professors, and they knew full well that what they were teaching in class was outdated to what was happening in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so they put a, a, uh, you know, an importance or, you know, they encouraged us to find internships, which is actually what led me to drop out. Cause I got a job full time in radio mm-hmm. and my professors were like, you're going to learn more doing what you're doing there than you are in our classrooms. So, yeah. Well, listen, yes, I agree. This has nothing to do with our guests or nope, the food nothing. world. And, you know, I just want to say to our listeners, if they're listening right now and they haven't speed searched, looking for the uh, actual beginning of the interview with Garrett Peck, this is our opportunity to do a little editorial or um, something that we enjoy just chit-chatting about life. Yeah. And also, in terms of you and I going to college and preparing for this field, I guess, uh, we just decided on this topic. When you said your daughter was going to college, it's not like we had a, pre- a, oh, no, yeah. a, a preparation meeting and said, let's discuss this. This so, is a real-life real life <laughs> side tangent that we just went on right here. Right, and we, we realize some people may not want to hear that. They're not tuning into this, but yeah. hey, indulge us. We have sponsors paying for this podcast, and we like to talk about a little bit be, uh, outside or have a well-rounded life mm-hmm. and not just talk about food. Uh, we talk about it for an hour every every episode. So this is our little thing. Uh, I'm gonna, let me get in one more little thing before we start, which is my trips. I have trips available next year. There's still a couple of spots left for our really popular, always sold out trip with Urdaneta to Basque Country in late April of 2024. We've got, uh, we have all couples right now. We have room for couples and singles. And that's always a great trip. People love it. And then we are starting out with uh, our trip to Sardinia a little over a year from now with Austria Ensign. Uh, She and I are going to preview that in in three weeks. Um, She's taking me to Sardinia for a few days so she can show me exactly why people should want to come when I talk to them and also to take a few pictures that we can use in marketing it, speaking of marketing communications court. So that's that. That's Portland Food Adventures. You got anything to promote? I don't. Nope. What should people be listening to? What radio station should they tune into to hear you? If they would like some uh, relaxing favorites as they work, (laughs) um, they should listen uh, to 98.1 The Breeze in San Francisco. You can find that on the free iHeartRadio app. Very good. Which is also a great place to find our podcast. You can find our podcast on the free iHeartRadio app. As well as Spotify, Apple Tunes. Other places. All sorts of places. Yep. So at any rate, there we go. So I mentioned Garrett Peck before, and he is our guest again. We had him. He was one of our first, Mm -hmm. I think, in the first two months of the podcast back in 2014. Yep. Um, He was one of our first guests when he was um, uh, with 
the Paley organization, and and he was general manager at the time of Imperial, had been at the Heathman before that, and then ended up running the restaurant at the Heathman headwaters for mm-hmm. the Paley Group, and then also Rosa Rosa and the Crown, and then there was Portland Penny Diner at one point as well. And I, I may be missing something. I don't know. But Garrett was the general manager at all those restaurants, which were all downtown, which all required real skills and knowledge, knowledge and hospitality, which is a, a sort of a lost art nowadays. But those who are in charge of restaurants have to be on top of it. And Garrett has always been, always been one of my favorite people because of that, because he knew knows hospitality inside and out. And um, he got, uh, well, there was a little bit of turmoil in Portland back in 2020. Remember that? I do. (laughs) So there were a couple of things going on, a pandemic, uh, lots of demonstrations, and downtown pretty much got shut down. And that's where all of uh, the restaurants where Garrett's uh, livelihoods were attached um, couldn't operate. So... Um, they shut those restaurants down and Garrett and his wife, Joni, looked for greener pastures. See why, Court, when I write the intro before we do this intro, when I write the show notes before we do this intro, they could match, actually. Oh, yeah. So, but at any rate, they moved to Sisters, enjoyed a better lifestyle, uh, more relaxed lifestyle, and hooked up with the Gorums of Toro Bravo, Tasty, MEC, Shalom, Fame. Uh, they, at the same time, for similar reasons, moved down to Central Oregon, and Garrett hooked up with them as they were sort of planning a new restaurant. And um, by that, I mean, I remember John once saying he was never going to do that again. But, you know... You do what you do, and you do it well, and you end up, it's hard to hard to get away from it. So they have since opened, actually, about exactly a year ago, RBC in Bend, which stands for Rancher Butcher Chef, and they are doing really well. You can't get a reservation for a while. It's, it's far out, and they're getting lots of uh, accolades um, in Bend publications and also statewide. Somehow, Eater left them off the top 20 places to eat in Bend. Mm, we can't figure that out. Huh. When you can't get a reservation for three weeks at least, how are they left off of top 20 right. in Bend? But maybe that'll change um, at some point. And besides, it's not important. They're filled anyway. Um, but it is one of the best restaurants to go in uh, outside of Portland, maybe even all in all of Oregon. Um, and so we'll talk to Garrett about what that first year has been like and what else is going on in Bend as well. So um, there's a lot going on there, and it's a great spot to escape. Um, so that would be it. Anything else I didn't cover here, Court? I don't think so. No, I think you, you covered it well. I just I would just throw in the last time I saw Garrett, Chris. I think I've shared this with you, um, and I don't think he, Garrett even realized it. I was flying to Mexico with my family on vacation, and he was going on vacation as well with his then fiance. And um, as many families can attest to, you travel with smaller kids. This was a few years ago. Uh, complete meltdown in the airport. 
Mm. And I think Garrett witnessed it. So I oh, it wasn't changed. Garrett having the meltdown. No, it was no, it was my family having the meltdown. <laughs> and and I think he was seeing a little bit of it. It was a horrible, but it was more than more than normal. <laughs> and so I did, I quickly changed my mind about uh, introducing myself to him again. Or you know, I, I'd only met him a couple of times, so I didn't think he remembered me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is probably not the best time for me to be like, hey, Garrett, <laughs> to, remember to me cop from the out podcast? To this, I'm this guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so well. That's good. He's a great guy. I'm sure, actually, he probably would have seen a few meltdowns in his restaurants. Oh, sure. And has dealt with them. Yep. So maybe he would have been the guy. You yep. don't know. But in this case, as far as this podcast is concerned, right now, he is the guy. And I really enjoyed this interview with him. And um, everybody enjoy. And, of course, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast so that helps us out quite a bit. And uh, we always can use all the help we can get. So. Yes, please. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. Garrett Peck. Hey, Mr. Chris. How you doing, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Look at you with your imperial garb on there. And what, yeah. you, is, what is over your head there? I can't tell if it's a dog or a... Oh, hey, look. Th- this is Jeffy. No, it's... <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, what is that? That's that, a, that is a uh, very large cow. Right. Um, I was going to say... It's that's, from a, uh, that, that is a, that's from a pal's ranch out towards Terrebonne. And I'm trying to remember what kind of a cow that is, but they're from the highlands of like, I don't know, Scotland or something like that. But they they have a name and I can't remember, but they're pretty cool cattle. They're nice and fuzzy. Oh, wait, wait, move that up again. I want to take okay. a picture because he's standing on your head and that can be the thumbnail for the podcast. And, uh, and, and we, we dubbed him Jeffy after Mount Jefferson, an area that we like to go and play on. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Well, good. That's a good segue into this yeah. podcast because what I'd love to do, I just, you you embody so much of a lot, like where everything was before the pandemic, since the pandemic, and also let's not all blame it on the pandemic. There was a little bit of unrest in Portland that was going on as a result of uh, the George Floyd incident. I believe. And so that 
prompted changes in your lives, and it's just so pleasing to see that while you had to go through some upheaval for a little while, you're, we, the reason I wanted to talk now is because we spoke in the midst of a little of that upheaval before you were kind of st- before you opened RBC, but now you've had a few years to reap the rewards of a little bit of time and space, and here you are. Yeah, I mean, uh, Central Oregon has has been great. I remember when we, you and I last spoke, we last talked, and um, you know, we were kind of in the throes of of moving to Sisters. We'd been here for a hot minute. I think it was a few. I think it was five or six months we'd been here, or maybe it was seven months. I can't remember. We were pretty fresh, and, and that was over two years ago, and. And, you know, yeah, we, we kind of left in the in the throes of chaos of downtown Portland where it became a it really became clear to my wife, Joni and I, that there was no possible way that we were going to be able to do any kind of business in downtown. She's a yoga teacher. I'm a restaurant guy. And the heart of downtown was in utter chaos where we both worked and we lived downtown. So it became very clear that we needed to move and needed to make a change. And we had the availability and the opportunity to do so. And Sisters is, man, wow, whole. It's like where you live, except for in the mountains. Yeah, well, we're in the mountains too, but we have a little bit of water. Yeah. Um, However, so let's just say that you weren't just living downtown. Your livelihood yeah, we were living severely and working. Downtown. Yeah, yeah, and and we felt like you know that there was just um, abandonment by you know by the city, and so we just took that cue and. Well, it was to, kind of in the worst of it then. I don't know. Yeah. I can't speak to it all because I wasn't necessarily there, and still, I just see it once in a while. But it looks like you were. Um, fairly prescient in your evaluation because what are we three years later now from when we're maybe a little less than three years from when we first spoke maybe two a little over two i don't know but you know things really aren't back to close to where they were yeah we now it, it became still very, work to be done it became very clear that we were not going to be able to do business in downtown portland as a restaurant group for for years to come because our, our restaurants really imperial headwaters rosa 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 and the Crown Pizza no, all relied on um, heavy, heavy traffic from the businessmen and women. Is that beeping at you, too? No. Okay, good. Um, you know, relied on lots of uh, women and men that worked in the business in, around us in, in the office buildings. And, and I don't know if they're, if they're back to vacancy or not, but from what I hear, they're not, but I, I don't know. I'm not there. You know, my, my life here is, is now, you know, dedicated to central Oregon. You don't have to pay attention to it, but not only, not only a workforce that was downtown at lunchtime and dinner time, but also tourism. You know I mean, yeah. you just don't have it. And those restaurants, if any restaurants were relied on tourism, it was the ones you just. Yeah, I mean, about, a, a big, uh, you know, our, our a big, you know, a big portion of our business was men and women filing out of hotel rooms and or office buildings to enjoy breakfast, lunch, brunch, happy hour, and of course, dinner as well. But we had also cultivated a, you know, a great group of local folk to, um, to enjoy those restaurants. But that all really dissipated quickly 
And I don't, I don't know if it's back or not. I know there's lots of things about downtown that are trying to come back. And, you know, that's great. But here we are out here now. Well, also, you're, you're out there now and you have connected with the Gorums, which, you know, they had a stake in downtown as well with Plaza del Toro and Tasty and Alder and, um, uh, and uh, uh, Bless Your Heart Burgers and some others too, right? Mediterranean Tor- and right. yeah, oh, Tasty yeah. This and Tasty That and yeah, Shalom Y'all and, you know, I mean, yeah, right, they, they, had, yeah they had quite the uh, little entourage of restaurants going too so they had to make the same kind of well slightly different decisions that you made for there were different dynamics going on but uh lo and behold you both ended up in the central oregon area and um i i think we covered in the last podcast how you all yeah, I mean, we, we'd all so we'd all been this. friends, and we'd all support each other at each other's restaurants and whatnot. And and um, another another pal who we've known for years, the Von Schlegels, John and Will, and they kind of got us all together and said, "Hey, y'all want to do a thing?" And John and Renee were like, "Well, let's do a thing." And then we all decided that a thing was going to be done, and here we are doing the thing a year later. In well, a actually, a couple of years later, because it took such a long time to get permits going. It took such a long time to to get the city of, of Bend to, you know, the, things are busy over here. There's lots of buildings. So, you know, the permitting where back in the day we would sign a lease in six to nine months, boom, taking revenue. This this turned into a, a bit of a almost 16 month project, 18 month project from the moment the lease was was signed and, and the space was was approved that we got in and started taking revenue. But here we are a year later. Right. Well, that was in the middle of a pandemic also and a huge boom in Bend. A big it's boom. It's no secret. A big but, boom. A big boom. Yeah. And I, and so I, I don't remember our entire conversation from last time, but I think I brought this up because I, I know I've mentioned this before. But one thing I knew about John when he opened a new restaurant and we did with my Portland food adventures, we had done a couple of openings with him. So it was an issue. Like if we're selling tickets for this opening and it is a, not uncommon for a restaurant to have a delay and are we going to have to move this? He said to me emphatically once, when I say a restaurant is going to open on August 1st, it's going to open on August 1st. Well, you didn't have that in our, you didn't have that necessarily. That was a little change in, you know, that was one thing the pandemic did was, well, you didn't necessarily open when you wanted to. But the key is you've been open long enough now to uh, have your, you know, have your feet on the ground and have a feel for how that restaurant might run. And you all have insane experience running great restaurants. So that's not a surprise that it's running well. But the community, and by that I mean the Bend community, both the public and the Bend Press has said great things about RBC. I know I had a visit last year, and other people from outside of the area are um, saying great things about RBC, too. So that's got to be very gratifying because let's just ask it from this standpoint. When you Let's just pick a random time like late 2020. Could you have envisioned sitting 
in the seat you are right now and talking about RBC in the glowing way that you will. No, there's no way because at late, late 2020, we were in the throes of decommissioning multiple restaurants um, in the Paley Hospitality Group. And, and we were in the throes of... Uh, Joni and I had just gotten back from a trip, a little self-guiding trip of what in the hell are we going to do? And um, had landed in Central Oregon after being on the road for about 28 days in the Sprinter van. And and we had decided at that moment, we're moving to Central Oregon. She had gone to college here in the 80s. And we just love this town, this, this area so much. Um, you know, we come over here after we were married for a week. We came over here and spent times in Camp Sherman, Sisters, Black Butte, Sisters, Subtle Lake. And, and finally, we're just like, OK, we're moving. And so here we are. So I had no idea, you know, and, and we knew that that John and Renee were over here and we had been coming over here a couple different times. And 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 Joni would call Renee and say, hey, let's get together for coffee or a drink. And and so we just started to, um, you know, we started to meld. We started to to talk and then you know a year later decided to start a little restaurant and then here we are you know it, it's a pretty cool thing I've, i and i was so pleased that you all hooked up and i never knew what kind of relationship you had with the with uh, john and renee or that joni had i just knew that we're we were looking at I would say if you took all of the restaurants that you general managed and that you had, a, you know, that was a big part of your life and all of the restaurants that John and Renee had, you, you can't even argue who had the most successful enterprises in the restaurant industry, not only in downtown Portland, but all of Portland, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think, all of those. I think when we when when we we kind of like laugh and giggle and we go, "Gosh, man, what did what did we do in 2019?" and and between the two companies, it was about 50 million top line revenue, 500 employees, 30 managers, multiple executive chefs and general managers. I mean, it was just it was it it, it was. You know, unfathomable well, the amount of people that we, you know, touch through hospitality, through employment, through mentoring, through all of it. And who you had to let down. You didn't let them down, but the world let caused a letdown. And, um, you know, think about also think about the tax revenue. Oh, my God. You just, you just oh, mentioned yeah. 50 million, whatever it is, 47, 50, whatever. That the tax revenue that spun off of that for down, for Portland was huge, massive, and that's not that has not yet been even replaced. I would I don't know, but ten percent of that couldn't have been replaced in those in the space where you operated. Yeah, it seems like there's, the, there's some cool stuff going on around downtown Portland, but you know, it just I, I, I I'm I'm out of that game. You know, our, our focus is is literally you know cultivating relationships here with with the folks of. Um, of Central Oregon, you know, through ranching, through uh, farming, through, you know, everything that we, we do through hospitality and, and food service with our, our guests and custom, or our guests and purveyors here in, in Central Oregon. It, it just shifted from one spot to another. And going back to, you know, how, how we all met, you know, the thing that was great about Portland and, and the thing that we're trying to cultivate here in Central Oregon is, is, you know, the camaraderie ship of, 
of all restaurant folk, you know, and of owners, managers, operators. And that's what we all had. And that's, that's, we were very supportive of John and Renee's restaurants and they were supportive of our restaurants and, you know, and, and that's through philanthropy and cooking and parties and eating and drinking and, you know, all hanging out, you know, it was all just kind of, um, you know, through feast, um, through many different avenues that we all did, we're trying to kind of like just bring a little of that spark to Central Oregon to make this the the dining spot. You know, people and, people should come here to eat and to and to drink and to experience um, everything Central Oregon has to offer. And that's open skies. There's a lot that's that's different about it. But um, you know, what I was going to uh, point out was that. You know, one of the things that I recognized back in like oh nine and ten, I've talked about this extensively, was the difference between restaurants on the East Coast and in Portland was that no, in in in, in New York or Connecticut, if a restaurant moved in, the restaurant near there would feel threatened and kind of take a a very defensive and maybe even, you know, offensive posture uh, about that and certainly not recommend, you go try that restaurant. What was different about Portland and is what's different about where you're uh, trying to probably further in Bend is that... You all view, you know, when a new restaurant opens, you view that as, well, that's just going to bring, that's more good attention to the Bend restaurant or the Central Oregon restaurant food scene, just the way it was in Portland. Nobody was ever really threatened. They suggested you go there. And the idea is get busy enough so it doesn't matter that yeah. people are going to the other restaurant uh, because you're, you got a full house anyway. I learned that a long, long time ago. I used to work for, uh, for Doug and Bill of McCormick and Schmick and they, and they, always purposefully opened restaurants close to other restaurants because everybody fed off of each other and it just raises the bar for everyone else. And, and I mean, there's so many great spots that are starting to open up here in, in Bend and Sisters and Redmond. I mean, it, it's becoming, you know, a, one of those, it's going to become a, a culinary hotspot soon enough. There's so much great food being grown locally that, there's just there, there's no way to there, there's no way to not make this be known soon about Central Oregon is that the food will be great, right? And you know now people are making uh, travel decisions, and the we everybody would love. I know you would love. Everybody would love people to be thinking. Let's go back to Portland. And again, that's just a if you. If you back up and view it, the larger scope is people coming to Portland may go to Bend. So that's good. But um, we're all rooting for more people to be thinking about going to Portland. But when they're thinking about food and an experience now, they're also more likely to think of Bend than than they ever did before. And part of that is that the culture has changed. By the way, it's gotten ridiculously expensive. So there's that. That's a little bit of an obstacle, I would imagine. But it doesn't seem to matter these days. Um, you know, the, the high end of the market has, has not gotten hurt. Yeah, um, I, I think, I mean, it, it, everything's expensive. I mean, food's expensive. Travel's expensive. Uh, you know, from a, from a business operator point of view, labor's expensive. You know, even out here in Deschutes County, we, we just took a, 
a, a pay increase for hourly wage, which is great. Everybody needs a livable wage. But, you know, when it comes down to you small businesses, I mean, you go from 13.50 an hour to 14.20 an hour from one day to the next, literally from June 30th to July 1st, that's that that's a significant amount. I, I, I think we did. We ran the math on that. And that's, you know, good $18,000 a year. And those are numbers that, you know, people that do go out and eat and drink may not realize. Right. Well, they I think slowly but surely the dining public is being educated as to the challenges that restaurant operators have in terms of costs going up. The ability to raise prices, you just can't raise. I mean, it's easy to say, go ahead and, you know, that increase you just talked about in labor is less than 10%. I don't know what that is, but 8%. Raise your prices 8%. Well, that's not easy to do as an operator. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't touched our menu prices since we've opened. And we opened exactly one year and 10 days ago to the date. Oh, congratulations. Thank I you. missed... I guess we were talking right about the one year mark. I think I already said that. Well, that's good for you. So, um, and you're booked out, right? So, in yeah, I mean, it, it's it. yeah, a year into it, and and you know, we've just done what we've always said we were going to do is put out amazing food that's very tasty and a, with a cool vibe and a cool ambiance and uh, practice great hospitality for for all of our guests, and that's that's what we're doing. And I, I think I, I don't think, no, I hadn't, I wasn't able to say this before on this podcast. I did not directly to somebody, but in a conversation about visiting Bend and going to RBC, I thought there was nothing better. And I think we came down about, it was a year ago. It was right after you opened like 10, it's probably a year ago this weekend. Um, there was nothing cooler than seeing John Gorham. Uh, on the line with a big shit-eating grin on his face. That's what loves, I love doing. That, that guy loves After, putting up good food. Oh, my gosh. Right. And so he was, <laughs> it was really cool to see him in his element. And listen, I don't think I'm speaking out of school here, but there was a time when all the shit was going down in Portland. He said to me, I'm never signing another paycheck again. I, this is not a business I want to do again. So... That's not true. So uh, I mean, we all said that at some point in time, and look, and look, right. you know, and then we all decided, you know, I don't ever want to do a thing, and then we all decided that, well, let's just do a thing. So, you know, well, and you're all the best at what you do at that thing, right? Yeah. So it's kind of hard at, you know, you're at a certain age, you know, over forty. To oh, say, yeah. I just want to do something else. When you're really good at what you do, so it made perfect sense. Yeah, we it's... tried to escape doing the things, but here we are. Yeah, so how do you, and um, so you were general manager and operating the front of the house, head of the front of the house, and elsewhere, but in your restaurants, and you're doing that now. And Renee, how, do you, how are your roles delineated now? Because they were, there's a little bit of overlap there, we're, um... at least. Yeah, we're we're partners. We uh, we um, operate the restaurant. She works when I don't work, and I work when she doesn't work. And we cross on the weekends um, when it's busy Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, we're you know we're two people cut from the same cloth. And you know we move fast. We practice great hospitality, and we see everything. Um, 
that's in front of us for for the for the gas. You know, it, do you it, see it the same plus. way? Because because from what you're saying, you know, you're, that's great. But oftentimes a decision has to be made and there's there's number of different ways you can go. Do you do you find yourself often agree always agreeing on everything? It's pretty simple decisions. that oh, need to be made. yeah, there's there's pretty much total agreement. You know, we the 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 things that I can bring to the to the table um, from my skill set, my management style, um, and the things that, you know, Renee brings to the table from her skill set and her management style, we complement each other. Um, and it, it is so, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost perfect. Um, you know, where there's things that I can bring that she does it. There's things that she brings that I can't. And with that mesh, we can cover pretty much all of the bases. And, and, and we do everything. We do the payroll. We do the HR. We do the scheduling. We do the large party bookings. We manage the the computers. We manage online reservations. We, her, you know, we have formed this this bond and this relationship where between the two of us, we get everything done and we speak the same language. Well, that makes it pretty cool, good, and I would imagine you guys can also give seminars on how to do this. You've run the some, as you said. However, many million. I'm not doubting what you said at 50, but I know you pulled. You might have pulled that number out of the air as a pretty good guess. Well, I know what I did, and I know what they do, and I just put them both together. So. Right. Okay. So that's a good number. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good so, number. But, so 50 million a year in Portland. A lot of restaurateurs would listen to that and go, "Holy shit!" How to anywhere would listen to that. So you have the experience to know how to do that. So um, yeah, and it's all yeah. with a, it's all with a team of people. You know, it's all about a group. It's all about you know mentoring and training and and putting folks into place that are as good or better than you, so that everybody can be successful. That's that's really is is you know is finding that human resource and building people to be as good or better than you are. And I would think um, the fact that uh, you mentioned it before. Well, you didn't mention it, but you alluded to it. So having you and Renee in that role, and of course John and others, you're not all alone. But in relation to where you were in Portland with uh, all the Paley's restaurants, you're sharing that role, and it enables you to both have a better quality of life, which I think I'm just you can agree with me or disagree with me. I think you're going to agree, but which makes the job that much more pleasurable and the end result probably that much more positive in that you're operating from a, a slightly more relaxed framework than you were in Portland. I mean, we're talking one restaurant right now, right now. versus, you know, how many collectively that you had. So uh, I would imagine you're enjo- you are enjoying your life a lot more, not only uh, your work life, it, it but is. your personal life. Yeah, the work life, the personal life. You know, we've, we, we sat here in this house at this kitchen table, and all John, Renee, Garrett, um, Joni, we were all together. And we we're like, man, if we're going to do this thing, we just got to do it. So we're not, like, locked to it. You know, they have kids. We have, we have lives. I mean, everybody wants to have that work-life balance. And especially when you live out here. 
People like to, we like to go floating. We like to go hiking. We like to experiment at other restaurants. We like to go paddling. Um, we like to get on our bikes. Um, you know, so we all sat here at this table and said, that's this, we're not going to, we're not going to sacrifice everything else to, to run our restaurants. And so that's, and that's exactly where we're at this week. Last week I had three days in a row off this week. I have two next week, three. So, you know, we, John, Renee and I would like to, to at least take a three day weekend, at least once to twice a month in order to, you know, recalibrate, balance ourselves, especially out here when it's beautiful or right now it's a little smoky, but otherwise it's, it's, you know, it's stunning. Right. And you're going to, let's face it, you're going to, everybody's going to be dealing with smoke going forward. That's not an easy fix right yeah. off the bat. So, but it's a little right now. So do you have the, you know, one of the problems out my way in, and, and it's this problem in Portland too, but is that people, you know, a lot of the people that make a restaurant work can't afford to live in the area where they're working. Do you have that problem too? Is Ben getting so out of control that your, you know, your wait staff and some of your cooks uh, have to live too far away or far away? It, or? it is, um, it is a problem. It's, it's a problem in, in sisters. It's a problem in, in bend. Um, and, and yes, I, we do have a bit of, it, it is difficult to get, employees because of housing it is expensive um and that's a problem but we've we've also been fortunate um to where we've we've been able to pay a good wage we've been able to um tip pool appropriately in order to help everybody make a a living wage so they can live work and play here so to answer your question it it's definitely easier than it is on the coast but not as easy as it would be in Portland. And yes, rent is still high, but they are making some inroads for affordable housing around Central Oregon, which is good. Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, an institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. 79, over 79 years. I remember we were just saying 75 years, so time's flying, and, uh, and we're coming up on an 80-year institution in Portland, uh, Ringside Steakhouse, where now, something they didn't have for most of those 80 years was, an, was outdoor dining, and their patio is awesome. And um, it's a really nice spot to eat. They have, they have some heaters out there if you need them. It's really pretty. So whether you're eating, you know, when you eat at ringside, you can either eat in the beautiful dining room, the bar now, you can make reservations to eat in the bar, or outside. Lots of choices there, in addition to lots of choices for different cuts of steak. Right, Court? Yeah, I was just telling you this off air, Chris. I went just recently with my wife, Randy. Uh, you had been telling me, you got to get the Wagyu, you got to get the Wagyu. I, I finally did, um, because there's so many great items to choose from, and I just hadn't got to it yet. I went with the olive-fed Wagyu, and easily the best steak I have ever had in my life. I, like, yeah. I was dumbfounded by it. 
It's a treat. It's not something you're going to get every time you go in there because it's a little expensive. Sure. But I've seen it for way more elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's something if you have, you know, a couple of times you get to say, just like you did, that it's the best steak you've ever had. And they yeah. have it. They have different options, too. So olive, olive fed is just one of them. The food, the food is delicious. Uh, the service is absolutely bar none. The best in town. We had Colin serving us and just the, the best service the entire night. Best food. If it's a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, Ringside Steakhouse is the place to go. Yeah, it will be just go in there. It will turn into a special occasion. There it is. So, uh, and they also have food to go now, and they even on their website they've got a, a scrolling banner. Ringside steaks are on sale, so that's a good opportunity as well. So they are on West Burnside. They're open. Let's give the hours here: four thirty to nine Monday through Thursday, four to nine thirty Friday and Saturday, and four to nine on Sunday. And, of course, set up those reservations. You can do that through the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com, or on the Open Table app. So, I, I don't... I'm not putting pressure on you to answer this question on behalf of the government or institutions, but it's something I, I understand. There are a lot of Airbnbs in Bend. I mean, that that's what hurts... The ability for people to afford rents when a lot of that inventory is taken, the long-term rental inventory is taken off for short-term. By short-term, yeah. Right, which provides guests for your restaurant, but on the other hand, it it creates that problem. Is that something that's being, uh, I don't know at all, is it being addressed? Is something happening? Well, I know know in Sisters, um, there is no short-term rentals. Um, You can't apply for them. You can't, there's no more. They permit them here and sisters so you can't i can't build like this house and then move somewhere else and then short-term rental it it's it doesn't you can't have any more here so so that's good and they are building quite a they are building a lot of apartments a pretty large complex just came online uh, two pretty large complexes just came online in bend and they're building a lot more which helps um the long-term rental situation. I don't really know all of the inroads and the outroads, but there are people that are moving here and are able to secure um, decent housing at a decent rate. All right. Well, that's that's good because I remember the first time I went down there, it was, you know, Bend wasn't a necessarily a real destination. This is, I'm talking 2005 or 2006. It was just another, oh, it's a cool little city in Ben, in Portland, I mean in Oregon, you should go there. And um, now all of a sudden it's really in the conversation and people from outside the state are getting to know it. Case in point, well, I can't say this, is, this relates exactly, but you know, we talked about it on the phone the other day. Um, Brian Malarkey, who was Gregory Gorday's partner on Top Chef, yeah. When, Gregor, when Gregory was building the prototype of Khan, so people got to know Brian. He's a very uh, gregarious and fun guy, and he's got some of the most successful restaurants in the, in the in San Diego area. down in Sunny D. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. So, and he has personal history in Oregon and Bend. So, they're visiting there. I know they've come to your restaurant a number of times, and. They're looking to all of a sudden you've got this restaurant tour from San Diego who's 
finds Bend an appealing proposition too. So that's coming, right? And yeah, I'm sure there's it's great. I'm I sure mean, that's I'm, not. It's not just Brian. There are others as well. I'm sure there's others. I mean, I, I've there's been quite a few operators rolling through our doors um, from Portland, from Seattle, from uh, yeah, with Brian from from Sunny D, and I. I I'm not super privy to all the ins and outs, but I do believe he's he's got his fingers on some on some property um, here in Bend, which is great. I'm I'm excited for for them to get a to get a concept rolling. I mean, it goes back to more restaurants, more places, the better off everybody will be. Um, you know, we're we we as a as a group are kicking some tires, looking at other places. You know, we've got some concepts queued up in our brains. I'm not really at liberty to explain them, but, you know, we as business and entrepreneurs, I mean, we're always looking for, we're always kicking some tires around looking for stuff, you know, and if stuff comes down, we'll, we'll lay out some LOIs. We'll, we'll, we'll look, we'll talk, we'll discuss. So yeah, there's, yeah, there's lots of people moving in and around Central Oregon for sure. I mean, Chef Carl Hull just moved over here um, right. with, with with Jen Quist. I mean, and, and those those are those are phenomenal restaurant tours right there. Right. I mean, and how holy about crap? Right to Mike Aldridge, who's brought his oh, Mid City Smash Burgers. Mid City Smash down. Burgers is blowing up. I mean, he he can't keep a card somewhere. He's doing the amphitheater, um, the Hayden Homes Amphitheater this this summer, and is I, I've been there a couple times for a couple of shows, and the longest line every single time is Mike at Mid City Smash Burgers. So congrats to him. Yeah, and that was oddly enough not. No, coincidentally enough, the last time you and I sat down and had a meal was when he was at the Salmonberry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. We had a a great time. And so I know he was, you know, he worked with you at a lot of your restaurants in Portland. So think about, you know, he's promoting, he gets out there and he promotes Bend as a food destination, his place. But think, I was just thinking something that hadn't really dawned on me, but as far as Bend blowing up. You got a guy like Brian Malarkey coming in who's now sending out his uh, emails or whatever communication he has, Instagrams, to all his San Diego following. And he's mentioning Bend, Oregon. Many of them are going to go, what? What's that? (laughs) I mean, it's funny that you say that because in the last week I've, I've met four or five couples who have been visiting here with other friends, with other people that were all from Sunny D. I call right. it Sunny D and they just laugh, but I, that's, that's how I know it's San Diego, right? Um, yeah. Well, for the people who might love the idea of San Diego, Bend is, it's not on the coast, but as far as sun, it's a better There's alternative than many other places. Yeah, There's you a, a lot, lot of it. But just think about that. That's how things grow up. I mean, if you look back, this is kind of, crazy but if you look back to portland in the late 1800s you know they were just blocks of residential houses and, and the docks you know there were some other things but every community starts tiny if you look back to san francisco in the early 1800s i mean it was just a few houses and things happen and so 
if things start happening, like not only Brian promotes in San Diego and a couple, you know, some people are going to come up from San Francisco. That's got to happen the same way they came to Portland because yeah, it was there, less expensive yeah, and there's it was a better quality of life. Better quality of life. And, and yeah, you can do your own thing. And yeah, and I, there's a new restaurant that just opened up downtown here in, um, in Bend called Dear Irene from uh, Johnny Buckland and, and his wife, Irene. And, and it's, you know. He's San Francisco chef, worked here in town for a couple of years, bartending, cooking, chef for hire. And now he's opened up his new restaurant, which is creating lots of waves in downtown Bend. And it, it's it's a beautiful, thoughtful, gorgeous space with great drinks, great food and practicing the same stuff, you know, hiring great people, training them, mentoring them and, uh, you know, practicing great technique through culinary and hospitality. Um. Yeah, that's exciting. I haven't been down there enough. I've just been down in the last two or three years to RBC. But I remember when I went down and uh, identified a few places. Oh, my God. It must have been six, seven years ago. But it requires an update. And I know that some media, you know, the Bend Media has been covering you up and down. They're excited to have you there. And uh, I know you've gotten some coverage in Portland. And somehow you didn't put your application in for top restaurants um in some of the portland publications um and being booked like three weeks out and somehow you weren't mentioned how did that happen do you think i don't know i don't know i I really don't know i mean yeah i think reservations at rbc are very difficult to come by i mean it's a 60 seat 66 seat restaurant with you know nine seats at the bar it's 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 not a big spot and yeah it fills up people people love the food they love the ambiance they love the vibe they love the hospitality they love what what john renee and garrett have curated at at this you know at this spot you know and 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 people can trust it you know and and i I don't know why you know there's not more you know hub about there but we just do what we do every single day we stick to our guns we you know we we do what we do and you know Good luck in getting a reservation. They're hard to come by. <laughs> even our yeah. local, even our locals are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't get a reservation for two or three weeks, and it's my blah blah blah." Can can we? Come? You know, Renee and I are always. We run the door. We run the books. We're always trying to. We're always working the magic for for that local community that we've that we've built and love around here. Yeah, and that's and you've got to do that. And on top of that, you got people traveling who sometimes, like me, I'd like to do a little planning, but they land themselves in Bend and then go, "All right, where should we go to eat?" And then they hear RBC. Oh, you can't get in. Yeah, and then, lots of people just show up, man, and it's like, oh boy. <laughs> do you yeah. do you reserve a number of? Do you just like leave a few some tables? Open we for we do. We we kind of we have a couple rotating tables and we also have the bar top and right now um well it's been a little inconsistent over the last week but we also have uh you know we have we have 20 seats outside we have five tables um we haven't been able to get that you know if 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 the aqi meter is too high we just don't open it um we don't want to put people out there and smoke even though people will sit out there it's not really worth it to us right. to have the door open and closing and bring all the smoke inside and throwing our, and having our staff outside in the smoke. It's just not, it's not, it's not right. It's not the right thing to do for what, for revenue, whatever. It's not, 
You know, that's one of the things that happened in the last four or five years. And this is not pointing the finger at restaurant operators. But don't you think four or five years ago there was a lot less thought put into those sorts of things for not necessarily, you know, you're in the hospitality business. So diners, it's important that you're mindful of their experience. But employees, I don't think oh, years ago yeah. was as much of a thought that they're breathing shitty air. Um, no, it was, it it was like revenue above all else, you know, and right. now it's about, you know, just doing the right thing above all else, you know, and not putting people in a smoky situation. I mean, or, or if it's icy or cold or snowy or whatever, you know, and even for the holidays, you know, nowadays we're just like. John and Renee and I will go, hey, are we going to be open for Thanksgiving? Hell no. Are we going to be open for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Hell no. You know, and and back in the day, we would have said, yeah, we don't want to leave that money on the table. You know, but it's it's not it. It's that's not that's not what's important anymore. Do you think that in a larger scale might permeate the rest of society? Because we're very short term gratification when it comes to money in this I mean, country and world. It's not just the United States. It's the world. I don't know. Maybe that's a big question. I know it's a big question. But I I feel like uh, if you pay attention to those types of things, then everything else falls in place rather than greed. I've for some reason I don't lately I've been very aware of greed. And I might be my age and where I am, but I just see people going for more, more, more when they could relax and have a good lifestyle. Yeah, um, I, I, I kind of see that a little bit, too. And, and we kind of play around a little bit that with our pricing structure at, at RBC where, you know, where because we do everything, because we um, work and we have the work ethic that we have, we don't have to, you know, roll a bunch of money up to corporate office or to payroll departments or to this department or to that department. So we're able to be more, to have more scruples when it comes to pricing for whiskey, for wine, for, for food costs. You know, we can, we can take less and, and have better pricing, even though food's expensive and everything is expensive, we can still, you know, take a little bit less and not be so greedy as you say. You know, there's there's some folk out there that sell some whiskey at a pretty high price that we're just like, yeah, we can't do that. That's just not that's not that's not right. It was funny. I was reading one of my something on my memories feed this morning and somebody was citing something that happened at a restaurant. And this was this was 12 years ago. And the comment was made and they're charging eleven dollars for cocktails now. (laughs) That was 11 years ago or something to that. I remember when we were breaking the $12 mark and that was like, oh my gosh, you know, know. and, and, um, and, you know, we run premium spirit and we, we try to keep things still 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, I think, it's I think I have up towards 20. Now. I, I think I have one, my most expensive drink on our, on our house cocktail list is, um, the prescribed burn at, I believe that's at 16. And that's that's a riff. If you remember the the new money back at the uh, back at the old Imperial with the mm-hmm. hand carved ice, the new money that was a uh, that was a Brandon Weiss and a and a and a and a John Zoller drink. <laughs> if you remember those cats, well, those are those are like those are uh, you know 
Co- cocktail mavens and cocktail celebrities. Yeah, I mean, and that was that's our expensive drink now. And I, it, you know, and I, I remember doing the Vucare for five dollars at happy hour, and then we had to raise it to eight dollars, and that was like, oh my gosh, you yeah. know. Well, it's a that wasn't too long now. ago. That was pretty. That was pretty recent. No, that's what I said. Eleven was crazy ten years ago. So, yeah. um, but. You know, consumers are having a tough time, too. So uh, you've got that balance. So I don't usually do this because, you know, this podcast has been going for 10 years. And if I went into cooking and recipes and menus uh, in Portland, I always felt like, hey, go visit the restaurant and see it. However, a lot of our listeners are in Portland, so they need to make a little bit of a trek down to see you. So it might not be that easy to just say, oh, go into RBC. Can you highlight? So what I, one of the things I remember very succinctly about the menu, and you said you haven't return, r- raised prices, was it looking at it and think, man, we can order. We had a table of four. We can order very reasonably here. You can get some really good dishes right off the, the appetizer part of the menu, the starters, and go right into everything else and share things. And it's, it's reasonable if you're thinking from a sharing standpoint. I think that's why a lot of people like those types of menus where – you don't have to order four entrees plus appetizers. Uh, you can order two or three and share them. But so what are your, some of your uh, favorites oh. that you would suggest? I mean, I, you, listen, the the overall overriding caveat is that there wouldn't be anything on the menu if we didn't love it and we didn't think it was great. So The, the Hush that. Puppies are a, are a must-have. Seven dollars, seven beautiful hush puppies with a jalapeno honey butter. Those are that that is a must get dish from a value standpoint and from a flavor factor. I mean, Mm -hmm. they are delicious. I remember ordering a couple of ordering a second more of those. Let's have more. They are so good. And then, of course, the classic steak tartare, which is Oregon Country Natural. Um hand chopped by knife because that's the only way to do tartare that's in a simple presentation with a farm fresh egg from one of my local um farmer buddies here and sisters has a bunch of chickens and we buy eggs from him once a week and bring those to the restaurant and then of course the uh, chicken liver mousse which was a favor a favorite at um at toro and and simpatico that john has been doing for years and years and years that is just uh, un unbelievable unbelievably delicious that's made fresh every couple of days here in the restaurant what percentage of your menu came from toro or mec or some of the other spots that you they might be riffs on those things it's it's riffs on tasty and alder tasty and sons toro bravo i mean we've got the we've got the bravas on the uh on the side section um, the, we just moved into the Toro Radicchio, which is a lighter Radicchio salad, um, that, that was pretty delicious. And we, we did have the tasting alder, uh, Radicchio salad up until, um, it started to get warm. And then John switched that over to more kind of cool, appealing salad, which is a little bit lighter. Of course, everybody freaked out because where's the bacon lardons and the egg and that radicchio salad? I loved it so much, but that'll all come back in the fall um, as it starts to cool down around here. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, local local greens on the little gem salad right now um, and sweet onions, also locally farmed. So there's uh, there's lots of great things on the menu that's that you don't you don't have to get an entree. I mean, everything is designed to be shared. Get a steak, split it. Have a, right. you know, have a couple different steaks, split it on a table of four, 
Um, that's really and, what we encourage at the restaurant. And the and the restaurant is named Rancher Butcher Chef yep. for a reason. So if we're talking about riffs on what was done in Portland before, well, now the sourcing is completely well i don't know if it's completely different but it is sourced from central oregon and you know your partners in the business that's part of it so um yeah the state yeah we buy we buy oregon country natural um so we have we have uh our partners have two ranches k2 and seven mile down in uh north fourth kalamath and um they pour beef into the country natural program with about 20 other ranches. And then we buy back from them and butcher in the restaurant, dry age in the restaurant. And then we also buy from our pals at Snake River Farms. We also buy beef from from Corey Carmen at Carmen Ranch up in the Willowas. And mm-hmm. we also have been recently buying um, some beef from this cowboy named Jamie, who owns the Cowboy Dinner Tree with his wife and also runs about 90 head of cattle down in Paisley, Oregon, called Beef 1875. And we've been buying um, meat from him as well. And also lamb, some local lamb. That oh, he, that's, uh, a lot, that's a lot uh, more broad than I, than I would have suspected. So I'm glad you explained that. Yeah. And... Uh, and um, we can understand that. So, you know, for the uninitiated, if you liked any of the, you know, go into a P- Imperial too. But if you liked Imperial, but if you liked Toro Bravo, any of the tasties, MEC Shalom, you're going to most likely be glad that you made the trek down to RBC. Yeah, you you definitely will. It's like a little Imperial, a little uh, Toro, a little tasty kind of met in an alley and went. <laughs> And in brand new space, too. Yeah. So specifically built for this restaurant with uh, really happy people working there. That's what was my experience was. Everybody there had a smile. You know, it was welcoming. It's very Oregon. Or very Oregon. There, was no, there, were, there were no frowns. Everything no, was, everything uh, is made with love and adoration and, and, you know, just building a great team by, by, you know, mentoring and holding people accountable. And that's really what people want. All right. Well, in the spirit of what we were discussing earlier, collaboration and suggesting and so forth, I would imagine you have a couple of spots for anybody listening to this podcast who's going down to the Ben slash Redmond slash Sisters area that you might be able to recommend if they can't get into RBC. I mean, Sisters is great. We have a wonderful little spot here called The Barn. Um, Our pal Danny... um, has a great built this great little spot on this on this right off the main drag and um, it's got four food carts in this area and also he's got a kitchen in the barn where he serves liquor beer wine and um, that's our kind of our community hangout spot that we go to here in Sisters but in Bend um, I, I did mention uh, Johnny and his new restaurant called Dear Irene that's a pretty phenomenal spot our good friend Brian has a couple of cool bars the Flamingo Room San Simon um, those are great for our little wine shops our other good pal Ben uh, Benjamin um, just opened up Viaggio Viaggio with a V wine bar um, I mean there's just lots of cool fun things to do in in Central Oregon in um in our little town. So yeah, I, come, come visit us. I should know this answer before I ask it, but, and it's, you'll, you won't have a problem answering. I just wish I knew, 
when I came down to one of your, actually, I came down to RBC a few times, right? The outdoor pop-ups that you were doing outside the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And so that was great. And I ran into Micah Camden down there at the same day. Coincidentally, he went yeah. down for one of those. He was scouting out space. Is he open, does, has he opened Bay, Bay's Chicken down there? No, not yet. Oh, well, that was a couple of years ago. So. Yeah. Okay. But there are people roaming around, you know, you'll, you'll, you never know what's going to happen. All right. Well, I don't know if I let that cat out of the bag, but <laughs> given that it was two years ago, I don't think he's going to be upset with me for saying he was. And then our, around. you know, our other buddy and John's good friend, um, Dan has his little outpost, his little central Oregon outpost called Prost. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so then our other friends um, just opened up their restaurant. They're about a year and a half old now, Bosa. Bosa Food and Drink, a kind of a, a, a pretty cool, hip, um, handmade pasta joint over on Galveston. Um, so there's there's lots of, they do a lot of fresh local items as well. There's a lot of spots to to hit up here in, in Central Oregon if you come out for eating and drinking. Any good little ice cream spots for late at night? Um, ice cream spots late at night. Well, nobody or stays, o- no, nobody yeah, stays no. open late around here at all. I but know. but we, like, we like Bonta, Bonta Gelata. Is um, okay. kind of our local go-to spot. They've got a couple outposts. One of them is is downtown, is is in downtown, right off of Minnesota and, and Bond. Very nice. You know, one of my favorite things about visiting there was, I don't remember the name of it, but there was a furniture store that was right up my alley that I love. That big thing, two st- two floors. I don't remember the name of it, but I love that. The art galleries are great. Yeah, downtown's was, cool. We like our yeah. little downtown. But you're not downtown. You're a little bit. You're in an well, area where yeah. ten years ago I didn't. I think it was a forest. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, so let's uh, before we wrap up, tell us where to find you online and physically, cross streets and all that good stuff. Well, uh, RBC is in Northwest Crossing, um, right up uh, close to Summit High School. There's a cute little neighborhood up there. Uh, the little area is called the Grove, and the Grove has is an indoor food hall, actually, which is pretty cool. It's uh, anchored by um, our good friend Amy and Courtney at Sunny Corello's, another cool little Italian uh, pasta pizza spot. And then um, also anchored there is Ben Brewing's Waypoint Bar. So we're right next door to all of that. Great little happening. And Sebastian's Seafood Market as well. So cute little neighborhood uptown. That's where you can find us. And then, so it's rbcbend.com. Yeah, yep, yep, right? rbcbend.com. Yep. Also on Instagram at the same. Right. So we'll find them. And your, your G-Men Cycles I'm on at G-Men Cycles on Instagram. Yeah, that's and, correct. Yeah. And how many miles have you put on your cycle this uh, month? How this, are you doing this, with that? Well, you know, in the springtime, we were pretty hot and heavy. We did the uh, McKinsey Pass a couple of times on both pedal bikes and e-bikes, and that was pretty great. And did a couple of uh, nice spins around Peterson Ridge. Um, when you earlier. say a spin, how, how many miles is a spin for you? Oh, 20, 40, right in that zone. Nice. But we've been hiking a lot. Jojo, Joni and I have been doing a lot of hiking. We've been putting on um, 10, 12, 14 miles. One of our favorite hikes just opened um, because they were redoing the road is up at Three Creeks where we hiked the Tam MacArthur all the way to Broken Top. That's, oh, nice. That's, that, was, that was a good hike. And, then, uh, and you're not hesitant to share that because people, 
aren't going to be crowding the trailhead, right? No, now. it's Obviously. a permitted hike too nowadays because it's uh, it, it did get crowded, but it, it's a beautiful hike. And you know, then we got off the mountain, jumped in Three Creeks Lake, and did a little paddle, did a little swim, and yeah. So you know, we like to do a little hiking, do a little swimming, do a little paddling. Yeah. It's, do you ever get summer. out on Subtle Lake? All the time, at least once a week, at oh. least or twice a month. We were just Paddling. there last week. Yeah, nice. It's a what is it? Three miles around. Three miles around the lake, walking, or you right. can even bike it, and and or we just put in. Well, if it's windy, we put in at the far end, um, by the campground on the day use area. And if it's not windy, we'll put in right there at the lodge. Because then we can have that fried fish sandwich, which we love so much. Fried trout. Mm. Oh, nice. Well, I was there. Last mm. I was there, they didn't, it hadn't yet been bought by the people who own it now. But um, I remember we stayed in one of the cabins, and I got like a, um, a sp- special, what is the uh, Groupon? This is like 10, 12 years ago. At, for like $120 a night in those cabins. They're probably a lot more. They're right probably now. a lot more. I, I, I don't know. But they are cute as pie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they're really nice. Yeah. I, stay, I was there with my son, and he had his own bedroom in the loft. And Yeah, Subtle yeah. and Camp Sherman um, are just, you know, magical, magical places with the Metolius River rolling through. Unbelievable. Well, good for you all. It's uh, a nice, positive story to hear on... Um, this podcast and always nice to catch up with you i just saw you at a a little dinner out at uh we're uh, durant Vitaly. family vineyards that was great that yeah, was amazing little, wow that was 50th anniversary for them with with your fairly good pal vitaly oh my cooking. gosh that was so fun because we had luis there we had part of the crew from imperial part of the crew from headwaters part of the crew from paley's place and we all um met to cook eat and serve a great group of people for their for the durant's 50th anniversary that was so fun i know he was they kimberly and vitaly were both really tickled that you were so there. it was so fun it was yeah. it was only i was only there for 24 hours with them but it was we made every second count it was so fun to be there and you know you are so gracious that i know you had a lot going on that you had to handle that night but took the time to uh talk and make us feel welcome there too as you always do and it was just good, good to see you whether it was in a at a food thing like that or anywhere um i wish you'd come out to the coast you used to be here we'd run into each other once in a while that's not happening anymore. yeah it's you know we'll we just have we, to do this podcast and, yeah. and see you on zoom or we might we is. might roll out that might roll out there this afternoon i got some friends who have a little place in nesco and a little art gallery i think we're gonna, we're trying to escape this smoke because it's getting really bad so we might roll out there this afternoon we'll see just passed it yesterday i almost stopped in but we were at hawks gallery day. oh yeah man, the yeah. hawks yeah, I looked over and the flags were out there because they're usually not there yep. when I go by. And uh, But we did a l- little bit of a trip down to Seal Rock with some friends that are visiting from Canada. Oh, fun. So, yeah, that's yeah, my buddy Michael Schlichting's little gallery. He's been out there for 65 years. I think we're going to jump in. Oh, shit. I think we're going to jump in. We recorded the... this two days ago. I would have stopped <laughs> in. You got to stop in and see him. I'm going to roll out there. We're probably going to roll out there this afternoon and spend a couple days with them. Oh, good. I've yeah. been there, but I but never did I was I able to say, hey, I know your buddy Garrett. So yeah. Neskowin's a pretty cool place. It's um, pretty cute, yeah. Well, good, and it's a little easier for you to get to than this neck of the woods, too. Yeah. A little faster, so after a long drive. Well, listen, I really appreciate your taking the time 
to do this. It's always good to catch up with you. Um, I have my, I told you, I have my friend Scott who's got a plane and we want to fly down to Bend and have dinner and jump back. I think that'll be a special experience. That'll be super fun. Yeah, do it, man. We yeah, always got a, like we got a table for you. Get that reservation in advance. Tell me where. Right. I'll hook you well, up. I'll, you know what? I'll write him today, <laughs> and we'll get that we'll get that going. But thanks very much, and uh, for taking the time. Um, hey, peace and love, man. Appreciate you. And most importantly, other than uh, thank you yourself, but please say hello to Renee and John for me. I, I will as I, well. I sure will. You bet. Tell them I miss them, and and maybe someday we can have them. Uh, Back here on the podcast, but I also love the idea that you all have new lives, and uh, the Portland food scene is not necessarily something that uh, you're looking to perpetuate right now. And the other thing is, you're not you're fine without it. You can. Yeah. There are a lot of people who want to come visit you, who love you and know you, but you're going to do just fine with just with Bend and with everywhere else as well. So, good luck in that regard. I'm going on and on. I'm sorry. I had so much right, coffee this morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, love to Joni again. Thank you. Thank you. See y'all. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right